Hi, and welcome to another episode of Through the Web, where we talk all things technology, business, and internet. My name is Togogo. And I'm Tosif. And this week, we have a show. <laughs> yes, like always, I think. Look, uh, just a quick update on, on, on what's been happening over the last um, week or so. So FTC has decided to investigate OpenAI uh, on certain allegations uh, in terms of false information that it has provided users also on how it has attained all its data to be able to train the, the large language model. The AP and OpenAI also have come to an agreement for ChatGPT Maker to use AP's archive of news of up until eight, 1985, um, while AP may someday use some of uh, OpenAI's technology for its own product and services. So that's an interesting aspect as well, I thought, where the traditional media is slowly using some of these services. Um, studios want to replace actors, basically with AI. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll dive deeper into that. LG will charge you a subscription fee for your appliances. Okay. <laughs> it's uh, Twitter loses nearly half of its ad advertising revenue since Elon Musk has taken over, and that's according to Elon Musk himself. But on that note, he has also announced a new company called XAI, and that's to quote-unquote understand reality. I don't know if you looked into the... I, I thought it was understand the nature of the universe. He wanted to create an AI company to do that. Uh -huh. But when he announced XAI, that's what he said on the tweet to understand reality. I guess... I mean, it's kind similar of thing. Similar, yeah. similar stuff anyway. Um, Twitter also has been paying, paying a lot of its creators. Um, there's something new that we've... we've um, I think we've, we've talked about how they are planning to do it. Mm. But I think it's... Uh, seeing some results, so we'll dive a bit into that as well. Um, and OceanGate CEO used legal threats to silence his critics before dying on the mm. submarine. Apparently, it's a very common tactic that lots of companies and powerful individuals use, but I guess it's a bit of an irony that he tried to silence his critics and... Uh, he's silenced. He's silenced himself. Yes, yes. Yeah. Ultimate. But before we dive into any of these... Anything that you've watched, consumed, that you want to talk about this week? You've done music-wise, uh, burn water? <laughs> yeah, no, no no, music this week. Um, yeah, I guess this week was a bit quieter <laughs> in terms of stuff I did um, outside of Cold Fusion. But, um, well, there's an interesting video coming up on Oppenheimer. Yes. Because as uh, most people, well, maybe most people may not know, but there's a movie coming out about his life. And for those of you who, you who don't know, Oppenheimer was the guy who spearheaded the Manhattan Project, which was the World War II effort of creating an atomic bomb. And his life is quite interesting in the fact that he's not like a s simple character. Mm -hmm. Like there's a lot of different aspects to him. And one of the ones that caused him a bit of grief was he was a staunch leftist, like a, a bit of a communist. And that really um, drew suspicion pretty much like after his career had, mm. not, not after his career had ended, but after the atomic bomb was dropped and World War II was over, there was a lot of speculation about what that meant and um, if he was a national security risk and, yeah, it caused him some issues down the line. Um, but, yeah, in, in looking at that video um, uh, and just going through some of the facts, there's, yeah, like quite a few interesting little bits. Uh, turns out the Nazis were onto getting a bomb that they had already figured it out essentially and they were trying to get uranium 
from Czechoslovakia, which sig signified that they were on the same path as the Americans, which would have been a bit frightening. Mm. And um, uh, also the Canadians had a nuclear weapons program uh, doing the same thing, but they rolled it into the Manhattan Project, so they worked together. And I didn't know, but there were over 130,000 different people uh, in the Manhattan Project, which makes it amazing that they were able to keep that secret, you know, mm. like <laughs> it's, it's such a mammoth effort. But yeah, so there was, there was a lot of interesting things and um, I guess you guys can look forward to seeing that video quite shortly. Yes, and um, also the Star Wars one's coming out before that. Yes. So I guess by the time this goes out, uh, the Star Wars may or may not be out. Oh, so. it'll definitely be out. Oh, wait, this is nope. coming out today, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's going to be very... <laughs> Much, I think we're in the same few hours. Yeah, yeah, true. So if you're listening and if you've got two two different tabs open, <laughs> don't want to watch that first and then come here. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. it's about how Starbucks is essentially a big bank. Yes, yeah. So Starbucks has, I think it's the most brilliant thing ever. So they essentially have these rewards cards and this rewards program, but they realize that everyone's not going to use it at the same time. And so essentially they get all of these it's basically an interest-free loan, free capital from all of these users that top up their rewards cards in order to get, you know, they, they top it up nine times, like they buy nine coffees and get a tenth one free, et cetera. So they, they have this big stockpile of cash that would put them, um, I can't remember the number now, but like, yeah, probably in the top 30 or 40 banks in the United States by capital because of all these rewards points, um, donation, free donations from from clients so uh, they end up using that money and investing it and making a return and it's essentially a quasi bank slash financial institution that no one has a clue is happening so um, I thought that was quite quite interesting so two videos this week should be uh, a good good time for yeah cold fusion faithfuls <laughs> but first news of the day um, is that the maker of ChatGPT OpenAI is an investigation by the main US competition watchdog FTC over whether it has broken consumer protection law by damaging people's reputation with its responses and misusing personal data. Um, the FTC has sent a 20-page demand for records about how OpenAI addresses risks um, in relation to its AI models. Uh, the agency is investigating whether the company engaged in unfair or deceptive practices that resulted in reputational harm to consumers as well. Um, the FTC has also demanded to know whether OpenAI obtained the data from the internet directly via a process known as scraping or by purchasing from third parties. It also asks for the names of these websites the data has been taken from, as well as any steps taken to prevent personal information from being included in the training data. And through all that, Google was also hit with a lawsuit in the US over recent updates to, to its privacy policy and its data collection methods for training BARD. So it seems like finally the FTC is, is taking all the concerns into account and going deep into dismantling or trying to at least understand how these companies came into being and how they're using the data to run their programs. The, the thing I'm quite interested in is would this mean that there'll be some kind of, in order for Google or OpenAI to defend their practices, they have to show how the data is actually collected. So I wonder if there'll be any juicy information of the inner workings of these large language models that comes out from that process. So that, that would be quite... Would there be publicly available information though? Mm, probably not, I guess, yeah. That's probably true, but at least someone knows. <laughs> but yeah, so with the FTC going after them, um, it makes sense. I think all of this 
kind of came about so quickly that no one even had a chance to mm. process what was happening. And now the FTC is saying, look, there's there's some real concerns here that we have to we have to look into. Mm. So I think it's a, ultimately a good step and maybe from here we'll end up with something that's more controlled and well, not, not in a negative way but at, at least just more um, carefully considered the mm. next time AI decides to not AI, but AI companies decide to launch on a campaign to do something, they'll be yeah, more cautious about it. Uh, with, with regulations like this, sometimes you know, the, the comments are that it's, it's harder to build a, comp- uh, build a company with, with this much oversight. So do you think then this will also stop future AI companies trying to build something similar? Yeah, there's, there's, there's a risk of that, but that was kind of already in place in a way because Google and OpenAI were just so far ahead in mm. terms of um, their capabilities because of the capital that they have and also the infrastru- infrastructure, the use to uh, access to direct access to data services and servers and all those scientists and computer scientists and geniuses they had working on this stuff. It's not like any company can do that. So that was already there, but then this is yet another step on top of that. Um, and, I, yeah, I do agree that regulations like this do make it harder, but with something like AI, you can never really be too careful um, in many aspects. Um, if, if it's going to give false information, you have to mitigate that, and it's not, it kind of is in the company's interest to do that themselves, but it may not happen maybe as rapidly as you like or... Um, in the way that you'd like. So having someone kind of watching over the shoulder to make sure that happens could be a good thing. But what, what do you think about that? No, it's, uh, I think it's needed. I mm-hmm. think because it's such a fast-paced industry right now, things are happening at, at scales that we haven't seen before. So I think that oversight is actually quite important. Uh, but it's also also interesting to see how so many companies are just, just popping up uh, mm-hmm. and calling themselves AI, but they're just basically... Using, using API, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. that's from OpenAI. So in some ways, there is probably just one or two main sources that is going to uh, inform the rest of these smaller companies who claim to be AI companies, essentially. But, but this, this doesn't affect them, though, because whatever happens with this regulation, that will be fed into the API, which everyone else uses. So it's like... Yeah. That's right, but uh, I think the, the the way they use that will also be impacted. So mm. uh, even though they won't be directly, I guess, investigated by FTC, at least uh, in, in this case, but whatever happens to this will also impact these smaller companies and how they reshape their, their services for, for consumers. Would it though, because well, from what you said, the uh, FTC is looking at how the data was collected mm-hmm. and also the accuracy of the results. Mm-hmm. So... If both of those things in the future are fixed because of this, that's just say they're using ChatGPT, then ChatGPT will go along, middle, middle with the API and say, okay, we'll fix that. Um, here you go, everyone else. And then it's the clear different version that everyone gets to use. So mm-hmm. I, I think, well, I just think it doesn't really affect them because that's all at the top level. So it's just Google and Microsoft slash OpenAI that has to deal with it directly. Um, but I don't know, it's funny, the FTC can be so slow on some things, but on this it looks like they've, they've got their head in the right place. Yeah, I mean, they were pretty slow on the crypto stuff, and they're still very... <laughs> um, they're in bed with um, Sam Bankman-Fried. I don't know if I should say that, but yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> uh, just on another uh, related news, have you seen the NFTs have plummeted in value? So the, the, the board Ape um, NFTs, which were 
millions and millions um, that they were selling at like fifty two thousand dollars. Yeah, month. The, the the famous example is the Justin Bieber one that he bought. I think it was yeah, I can't remember how many million, but now it's like sixty something thousand dollars. And huh? sorry, go on. Well, yeah, it's ex- expected. Like at the time, it was. I think we were saying like this is just a, a hype cycle, but there are some real legitimate use cases. But art in that form isn't really it. Like, yes, maybe small independent artists to get a cut, like it's a brilliant thing, like being able to forever own um, the a bit of royalties from that automatically so you don't have to worry about it. Like anyone else that future purchases your work of art, you get a cut of that. That makes sense. It's good. But selling for millions of dollars something that is generic, like these board apes, they were all the same like basic form and they just had like different sunglasses or different colors or something. I think that at the time was ridiculous. So yeah, I think the promise then was that it'll allow the community for perks and, and community you know. and, and whatnot. And, and some of it apparently is still true. Like the smaller ones, mm-hmm. um, even like people like Gary Vaynerchuk was banging on the drum, but he did say that 99% of these will, will go bust. Um, but he did have his own kind of collection. So apparently he has this thing called VCon, which is like a conference, you know, he invites speakers and entrepreneurs mm. around the world and people who had purchased um, his NFTs at the start got like access still. So I think some of those things may or may not still have some value if mm-hmm. you're into that kind of world. Mm. But the way it was being sold for the, the general public who weren't necessarily enthusiasts, uh, I think they're the ones who are who are being being hard done by because they thought this was going to be something revolutionary. And, and there was also that promise about, what was it, that, you know, wherever your work existed online through through the NFTs, you'd get royalties. And so every time somebody would share a meme that you created, it would have a way to detect right. that you're going to get paid, right? But that, in, in theory, sounded such an interesting concept but mm. again that just never ended up happening so yeah yeah I, I think when you get something that seems like it's an easy way to make money then you just get the whole i, I wonder what's the the, the people value is now. people oh that, that's what, 69 good. million was it at the yes at the Man, inception 69. let's let's have a look actually yeah, so if, if anyone knows uh listening in or in the comment section um the value of what people's 69 million NFT is worth now would be interesting too. To yeah, find out. Some, somehow I don't think it's as much. <laughs> Definitely not 69 million, that's <laughs> for sure. Uh, but yeah, that's um, that's where NFTs are right now, and uh, it, it is a bit of a, a bit of a shame because again, like the the use cases was what was what I was was really interested by, and the fact that <laughs> none of those promises held up, mm. um, it is a bit of a shame. But again, again, if if you're an NFT enthusiast listening in or, or watching in. We'd love to know some of your your thoughts as well as to how you see it still. Like, is there still some value in the future or even right now that we are kind of overlooking? So it would be interesting to see the other side of the other side of the story. Mm. Um, second news <coughs> of the day, uh, studios want to replace background actors with AI after paying them only for one day's worth of work. And that has sparked a wide range of strikes, um, especially from um, the Screen Actors Guild, American Federation of Television and uh, Radio Artists. I think short it's SAG-AFTRA or something like that. Um, And they've pretty much held um, hand-in-hand with with the Writers Guild, who are also um, on on strike. So it just seems like Hollywood really is in, in, in a bit of trouble because... 
um, even I think Christopher Nolan in the middle of, a, of the premiere or I think one of the actors um, didn't show up to the premiere as, as a protest mm. for for um, for some of these these proposed changes by by studios. So it, it does seem like it's, it's gaining traction. Um, in in the statement about the strike, the Alliance Motion Picture and Television producers said that the proposal included quote a groundbreaking AI proposal that protects actors' digital likenesses. Um, but when I asked about the proposal during the press conference, um, they said the groundbreaking proposal uh, that, that, that was given, um, they proposed that the background performance should be able to be scanned, get one day's pay, and then their companies should own that scan, their image and their likeness, and should be able to use it for the rest of eternity on any project that they wanted, with no consent and no compensation. And um, he said that, uh, so if you think that's a groundbreaking proposal, I just suggest you think again. Incredible, isn't it? Yeah, it, it. But not surprising. Yeah, but it's extremely tone deaf, isn't it, to call it groundbreaking <laughs> proposal? Um, but it, how I'm interested to know how you could scan someone without their consent. How no, you 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 scan them with their consent, uh-huh. but then the uses the uses will be for, forever um, under the rights of the, of the studio, and mm-hmm. they're going to use it however they like. No compensation, no royalties, anything of that sort. Yeah, I think that's the ultimate. Yeah, dehum- worst case scenario. Well, yeah, de- dehumanization of someone. Um, just imagine if you had a vocal artist like whoever, who a great like singer. Like <laughs> Yes, yeah. No, well, yeah, actually, no. But we've talked about this a few times with AI and, and um, music. But if you have an artist's voice replicated, and then you just use that voice to create new songs or whatever. You know, now, right now it's been done in jest and um, record companies don't like it and they kind of hush-hush it. But then take it the other way. Like if you're a music artist who sung a few tracks and it did quite well and then the record label turned around and said, hey, we're going to take your voice and use it forever and you, you can't do anything about it and, and that's it. Your, your essence of your talent is taken away by an AI. Like, how dystopian is that? It's it, it's basically the same thing, but in, in physical form. Like, they're using your face and your likeness, and they own that. It's uh, never heard anything. So, it, if now, it, because because if it's just one person, it's too individual, uh, too indiv- individualistic and too personal, and we feel a bit icky about that. But mm-hmm. when it comes to, say, hundreds of people being trained, or like thousands and millions of people being trained, and then we say that any company can then use the product that's out of those data and then it's of it's a, the likeness of an of an individual that does not look like any one of those people mm. whose data was trained on but it is being used bec- through the the likeness of so many of these people how does that make you feel? I, 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 th- I think that's, com- for me, that feels completely different. I think the, the difference is a lot of people don't think that's different. That's why they're also upset with how some of these companies are scraping the data. Right, right. Well, it's, you know, it comes down to like what is, so if we're going back to the whole artistic ver- version of AI and um, what that's doing with its data collection, um, some people just obviously they feel icky about it but then others are like isn't that what humans do they yeah. see a whole different range of different creative outlets from different people it goes through some kind of mechanism in their mind and they may not know that they're influenced by it but it comes out eventually as an amalgamation of all mm. these other things so there's an argument to be made that the ai is doing the same thing but 
if it's an individual person, there's no oh, argument. There's, there's <laughs> no like, gray area yeah, there. That's, that's pleasure. <laughs> yes, that's literally, yeah, like riding riding a, 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 a rap in the style of Kanye or something. Yeah. You know, that's literally his whatever. But I think, actually, I've brought that name up. <laughs> no, but I, I, I feel that it's different. Um, well, that's, that's just me and I can understand where people are coming from saying you've ripped off not one person but a whole bunch of different people. But then again, the output doesn't, look like anyone so yeah it's it's one of those things where i i don't think it's going to get past the backlash i think yeah. in this particular situation it's too on the nose it's too in your face that this is just literally ripping people off uh when the writers when we spoke about the writer strikes probably a few weeks ago now uh, i don't know if you remember but i said that studios are just going to say yeah go on strike and we'll just replace mm. you by ai mm. I think someone probably heard that because <laughs> uh, that's what I feel like. So you think of these these entities, right? Because at the end of the day, they think, uh, or at least some of them think, that the final product is the final product. And and again, if <laughs> they could have, um, if the people who are consuming it didn't know any better, and if the 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 employees or the writers and the actors were okay with it, I think then it's it wouldn't have made much of a difference. But because it's uh, people want their work to have an impact and they want it to be impactful. And and I think that's why it just seems like a lot of this AI stuff that we spoke about, about completely replacing jobs, seems like it's dying out a little bit. Do you feel that way? Um, yeah, the, the talk f- of completely, completely relate replacing jobs but then again there was that indian ceo who fired like 95 percent of his staff saying they perform ai performs better than they did but yeah i I think it depends on the job as well yeah of course um if that's true then maybe your job wasn't (laughs) but at the way that it stands and the current capabilities of ai now that it's all settled down a bit i don't think I think I mentioned this before. It's not that the AI will replace your job, but someone using AI will replace you. It's it's just going to enhance what someone can do. It's not mm-hmm. supposed to go and do everything itself. Um, so, yeah, in terms of AI replacing jobs, yeah, it has kind of died down a bit, but I don't see that discussion completely going away. No. I think the GPT-5 and then with whatever will flare up again and we'll just keep going through these cycles. But, um, but I think at the core of it all, can human wants human connection. I think, again, just, just going back to that, that core argument we've been having for over a year now. Mm. Uh, but there's, speaking of the, that Indian company, there's also uh, apparently an Indian TV, TV station who have their first AI um, news reporter or, or, or a news anchor. Yeah, that's, that. that's been done. China did it. South lots, Korea. lots of times yeah. in the past. But I think it just looks a lot more realistic now compared right. to, I guess, what we used to see before. Because uh-huh. the previous ones felt bit kind of choppy here and there right. but i guess with the newest uh, outcomes um, it does feel a lot more realistic mm. um and and i guess going back to that point where okay maybe it's taking the job of say one news anchor in this case but do you think it potentially created like a few more because you'd need somebody to write the script somebody to make sure that it doesn't feel too robotic well, but that's maybe even uh, get the the perception from a, a, a a seasoned news anchor to to make it feel like it's 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 human possibly but i'm I'm sure someone wrote the script beforehand um and if they're just using a simple software um maybe it's almost automatic i don't know i'm not sure how how it works but yeah maybe maybe one job is taken but two or three have to 
be there to kind of make it sure. Yeah, and then for the studio, it'll have to make sense financially that, okay, if I'm replacing it, um, am I losing money or making money? Yeah. Because if they're... Maybe, make, maybe the spectacle is enough to, <laughs> to draw people in. It's yeah, like, maybe the, the ratings go up because mm-hmm. a lot of people... It's like, I want to see this, I want to see yeah. more AI. Yeah. <laughs> AI but, but then again, it will wear away quite quickly. It's like, ah, oh, that, that AI news reporter again. <laughs> what, what as, in, as in the spectacle will wane after a while. Yes. It's kind of, yes. it's not going to be there forever. But I don't know, maybe maybe that's a, a look into the future. By, by 2045, 65% of all news anchors will be AI generated. <laughs> <laughs> and if, uh, again, like I said, I think it, it just depends on what the consumers think. If, if they are okay with it, mm. um, the, the studios will push push them more. Um, yeah, but I don't know. I, I have a feeling that it's not. Well, back going back to the the writers' guild and the strikes and everything, I have a feeling that it's not as easy. No as it seems to just replace it with AI and be like, okay, the whole thing will run smoothly yes. now. I think there's a lot of intricacies in the way people communicate and that aspect of if a script's not quite working, what's what could be changed and even with the physical environments of the set and all that they all have to work together. So I yeah, I don't think it's going to be as simple as these companies would. Well, on an individual level, have you been using a lot of AI in your day-to-day life? Because right now we have actually a lot of it at our disposal since mm-hmm. we last spoke about it maybe... November when we were looking at some of this stuff like wow it's it's almost mm-hmm. here, but now that it's here from ChatGPT to Runway to Kyber or, mm-hmm. or whatever, um, how much of it do you actually use on a regular basis? Yeah, on a regular basis, not a lot. If it's going to be regular, um, so yeah, sometimes mid journey just for some some giggles for mm-hmm. for certain things if I if I need it, but. Um, yeah, aside from that, not, not a lot. It, uh, same here. And again, the use cases that I've been seeing online anyway are mostly for, for Google's, as I mm-hmm. mentioned. Like, it's still AI-generated songs that are meant to just, just take a little, your curiosity a little bit. Say, oh, what that would sound like mm-hmm. or what this will happen if something else was replaced, yada, yada. So, uh, again, from my perspective, I feel this hasn't been as much, or unless I'm not aware of those anyway, um, there hasn't been much... Of a, of a progress in terms of people using or adapting it as much. And I think we, we may think that, but I'm sure that there are people in their workplace yes. that, that use this all the time. True, um, true. And it's just not talked about. It's just probably a thing that's again, there. Yeah, again, if you're listening in um, or watching, if you are one of you know those users, um, would love to know like like how much of your usage of these programs has changed over the last maybe six months or so. Mm-hmm. Um, have you increased it in terms of your use? Do you use it at your workplace? Just would love to know, get some, I guess, more plain raw data through, yes. through our problem. Sample size. Of Sample size. <laughs> yeah. uh, the next story is about LG and the fact that they want to turn our TVs and our products into ad and subscription machines. So the Korean tech giant is transforming from a hardware-oriented business to a platform-based service model that continuously generates profits. That means that ads and upsetting owners on services and features. It's part of a plan to increase global annual revenue from the $51 billion reported last year to almost $79 billion by 2030, which is in seven years. The sheer number of services adopting subscription models in recent years has sparked concerns over subscription um, fatigue, a term used to describe consumers who are overwhelmed with subscription offerings. It's prevalent enough that the U.S. Federal Trade Commission has um, 
proposed introducing firmer regulations to stamp on some of the industry's more nefarious practices, like non-consensual billing and making subscriptions intentionally difficult to cancel. I think that's that last part is a great step. I think yeah. I think this this whole subscription fee thing is out of control. <laughs> I think that needs to be reined in a little bit. It's, it's such an attractive offer for businesses, isn't it? That I think it's ultimately not good for any consumer and things that shouldn't be on subscription services have been put on I think, I think that that's the, the, the key part, like things that shouldn't be on subscription services mm-hmm. are put on because Netflix makes sense, mm-hmm. um, Spotify makes sense, at least to, to consumers, um, not so much for artists from what <laughs> I can tell. But, but uh, overall, some subscriptions do make sense, but the fatigue is definitely coming yes, in yeah. where, first of all, there's too many options for the same things and then... Things that are meant to be like BMW's car heating. Yes, of course. Seats. I was going to put that up. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, LG, I don't know, appliances on subscription model. Mm. I don't know how. Did they say TVs or TVs as TV, well? TV, yeah. So I guess so, maybe content. Th- so that, that that part makes me sad because like, I have an LG TV, yeah. runs WebOS, so much better than Android TV, just got to say. It's, it's so good. But the problem is now if I want to get a new LG TV and it's going to be subscription, I'm going to be like, yeah. maybe I'm not going to get that. It's just... <laughs> it just boggles the mind like yes i can tell you're in, in in chase of revenue but at what cost like you're annoying a lot of your your customers like yes they might buy it this time but then when it comes time to get a new one yeah. if you had a choice of any other product or one that you had to just keep paying for forever which which would you choose so i think it's good in the short term for their bottom line but maybe it might hurt them in the long run yeah. so it's i don't know i think it's it's um it's it's ridiculous like what what subscription would you need for like a fridge? Like what, what? Somebody said that you forget to uh, upgrade your subscription uh, while they're away on vacation and you come back and uh, it's just a message, oh, you forgot your subscription. So we turn it off. Yeah. Life's good, LG. <laughs> it's like all this stuff's expired. But it, yeah, it, it, what, what are you really getting out of that? Yeah, maybe some new recipes that come in, but it's just... Yeah, I, I don't think they, they delved deeper into how they're going to implement it on a... Mm-hmm. On, on a day-to-day products or if they'll have a new line of products that'll integrate it better. Um, it's, it's almost like those screens on, on fridge that were added and like mm-hmm. tweet from, from the yes, fridge, yeah. from a fridge. And it's like, cool, why would you? Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just one of those things. It just feels like uh, it doesn't seem to have, um, yeah, have, have any direct, uh, I guess, consumer-minded approach. It just seems like a completely money-making approach because, again, why would you need subscription for your fridge? Why would you need a screen that tweets on your fridge? It's almost like, oh, this week you mentioned about the 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 thing about uh, Pimp My Ride, that mm-hmm. how they were all, all, all oh, fake. Oh, yes, yes. Because yes. I showed you how they... Uh, how life was better when people had like those screens on their flaps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, the but mud apparently, flaps. you just uh, took away Santa from me because yeah. I didn't know that all of it was just fake. Yeah, the whole show was fake. The modifications they did were only external. They usually heavy, so it weighed down the car, made it run worse. They didn't fix any mechanical issues with any of the cars. So they often broke down. When they were exhibit, the host would go up to these people's houses and knock on their door and they would act all surprised. That was completely fake. There were camera people there before. I don't know um, why I was surprised when I heard that because it just makes sense. Like re- reality TV, 90s with the whole camera TV crew would mm-hmm. definitely be staged to some extent. It, it was, but like some of them, for example, they, had, they interviewed some ex-Pimp My Ride people and there was this guy who had a girlfriend, but they were like, oh, 
pretend that you're single will be better for the show. And it's like, oh, make your reaction more, um, you know, you've got to be more surprised when we reveal the card. Like, you know that big guy? Um, there, was a, there was a big guy in, in, in the, I can't remember what the crew was called, but like, yeah, he was, I don't know, some intimidating guy. And he was getting angry, saying like, you got to have more of a reaction. Like, you're not, wow. <laughs> you're not excited enough. So yeah, like everything was fake. It was just a... Uh, no, it does. Uh, I think I was surprised because I watched the show at a time when I was uh, quite young, and I just obviously stopped watching. So I just locked it away in my memory, thinking mm-hmm. it was all real. Mm-hmm. Never thought about it. Yeah, neither. Since, like, that was since like, 2003, and then it's yeah. like, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I'm a bit disappointed now. Uh, yeah, 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 90s yeah. shows. You know, I think it was. I think it was t- early 2000s. Early 2000s. Yeah, yeah. but it, it was it was such a weird concept, but it was so unique. That it was so like, unique. Yeah. yeah, like you were drawn into it, and I think yeah. the whole again, we were 90s kids, so I guess. We had that NFS, like Need for Speed. Yes, yes. Like, you know, I would be, you know, pimping my rides <laughs> yeah. on NFS Underground 2 yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. And I guess that show had that part to play. In yeah, the- I think like, yeah, that whole Fast and the Furious NFS yes. culture, like the neons and everything, it was just right in that time. You had to be there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of you guys know that. Bit. Actually, before we, on, on a side note on that, I've, I've just been watching a few video essays on Hey Arnold. Oh, I, was it the September 11th one? No. No. Oh, wait, no, sorry. That was Arthur. My bad. Um, but I just watching it again for those who don't know, Hey Arnold is an early 2000s teen show, kids show ish yeah, yeah. on Nickelodeon. Early teens. Yeah. Um, and just looking back at some of the, the things, I was just taking a step back and thinking how sophisticated the show was for its time. Don't, don't get me started. Like, me and my sister, we actually unprompted talk about that show still. really yeah wow. unprompted because we love it was our favorite show Same. as a kid because like the character was actually cool like hey arnold like arnold was and actually just a cool guy was <laughs> the room that every kid wanted that yeah was a show. So yeah good. yeah and it was like had that new york you know just grittiness and that exactly. yeah it, it portrayed everything so well and it wasn't corny it didn't ever go out of style because it was just genuine. So I, I find that's it was such a rare so thing. So the video essay that I was watching was how studio, how the studio basically forced them to get the movie out that they were planning like well ahead of time. And then the movie tanked. Mm. And then basically they started canceling the show as well because they thought the show wasn't doing good. So, so the studio forced the, the whole team to get the movie out maybe six or some months before it was supposed to release because they thought the show was gaining traction. Mm. Movie was out, spent millions and millions of dollars, tanked on uh, on the theaters, and then they started slowly fading it out. I didn't out. know that. And then I think they had basically over two years, this final season was shown over two years uh, span without any kind of set scheduling, would be like on random spots of the of the day and the final episode just had no fanfare no nothing it was just like the final episode and just disappeared <sighs> into oblivion yeah i and didn't know that so the, the video essay was about that and i was just yeah like wow i had, I had no idea that's how it ended but right again just going back um like my love for jazz was, was mm. from that show mm. um now that i think about it because mm. i was it, like really liked some of the music that was right. in the show so Anyway, I guess we're nerding out a bit on early two thousands kids shows, but again, if you've watched Hey Arnold, yes. uh, I think you can relate. Yes. Hopefully, you can relate. Um, look, th- this part of the of the show, I think we'll just talk a little bit about some of the past videos and, and comments. Um, no specific comment to talk about, but obviously, you had the Threads yeah. video <laughs> out there uh, over last week, um, and uh, I guess I just want to, without highlighting a specific comment, I just want to 
talk about how a lot of the comments were about people not using social media. Uh, it seemed like a lot of people were happy that there were no social media. It's like, oh, what's threads? I don't even use Twitter. Uh, I don't care about Facebook and whatnot. Um, but it, it seems like to me that uh, they kind of bundled everything on social media that was not YouTube. Because obviously they're on YouTube and they're commenting on YouTube and mm -hmm. they're replying to comments and whatnot. So I feel there's definitely a lot of social media aspects to to YouTube that a lot of these people enjoy, but it just seems like for anything else, they're not considering it as social media. So do you see YouTube as social media at all? I actually don't. I actually don't. I, I see YouTube as a video platform first with a comment mm -hmm. section because social media, the point of it is to interact with others. Um, yeah, but I, I don't think that's the point of YouTube. I think you can watch it on your TV or that. But I would argue that a lot of the social media now is less and less about interacting with others because TikTok, for example, you don't... I mean, yeah, you can comment and share and stuff, but first of all, it's with all strangers. It's, it's less about, at least for a but, certain group. But, okay, Instagram's changing may, as well. May, maybe I should, should rephrase that. So the kinds of video that you get on TikTok and Instagram are usually about... Well, it, it, generically, not not saying that it's always this, but like as in most probably, is about the self. You're like portraying a short idea of yourself or what you're doing, or like something you've noticed or whatever. It's kind of like a way to connect with people on a personal level. There's a lot more of that than on YouTube. Like it's not so much you would have someone talking about. Um, the thing is, I don't use TikTok. So <laughs> no, it's like um, for both TikTok and Instagram, it's it's. I think again, I'd argue that if I don't have the the specific data set to have a yeah. pie chart saying yeah. how much of it is, is what kind of content. But um, I, I do feel like YouTube is a social media because okay. um, at least when it was first started, it was to broadcast yourself, mm -hmm. right? So the initial um, things were about you know vlogging, about um, some committee. Um, skits and some maybe news updates. And, and, and I, I agree with you at its inception because you even had video replies where people could reply to yeah, each other exactly. underneath the, the Which other. Which the video. TikTok pretty much adopted to right now, like where you can stage a video and reply. Yeah, to and then you have the duets and stuff. Yeah. But so that's why I, I think YouTube started off as that, but now it's, it's not. I, I, I don't really see it as the same thing. But maybe this is a bias or something. I haven't quite concretely. Uh, distilled why I think it's not a social media, but it doesn't feel like one to me. Um, so. I agree that it doesn't feel like one, but yeah. I feel that everything that Twitter and not Twitter, sorry, um, that TikTok and Instagram and Facebook to an extent can do, mm -hmm. YouTube also does do, except stories, which it had for a bit and then it took it mm -hmm. away. But now with shorts and now with comments and um, even the interactions that take place on, on, on YouTube comment sections, right, mm -hmm. is pretty much reminiscent of what happens on, on Twitter, mm -hmm. except, you know, uh, I guess you, even on Twitter you have anonymous accounts and whatnot. So I feel when people say that I don't use social media and then they're going in deep and just, just arguing on YouTube comment section, it's really not much different to what you do on Twitter. Mm -hmm. um, I guess the only difference is perhaps you can access YouTube without having a profile. Mm -hmm. So you can just be a complete lurker, which you can't be on any other social media platform. So mm -hmm. I guess that would be the only key difference. And I think we probably spoke about this maybe once ages ago. Uh, but the, the recent threads of comments on the, mm -hmm. the latest Cold Vision video reminded me of of that where people were like very proud and happy. I don't use social media at all. And then, and then you're like literally on YouTube commenting. So. Right. I, I don't know. Um, yeah, I can see that that point of view. But 
But then again, maybe it also has to do with the the way that these social media comp um, social media companies, sorry, social media platforms are used. So this is going back to the argument of is YouTube one or not. So for example, on Instagram or TikTok, maybe if you see a, a weird video or whatever, you go to the comment section just to see what people are saying about it because mm -hmm. like, well, that was weird. I, I don't quite mm -hmm. get it. Whereas YouTube, the comment section is kind of like an add-on. Like you can watch the whole video and you can just move on to the next one. Uh, I'd no? say a lot of people would still kind of go straight to the YouTube comment section because if it's a controversial uh, okay. thing, they might. Yeah. Wait, again, a question I want to pass off to the listeners. Yeah. And watchers. Let's let's have a. Do vote. you think? Let's let's have a vote <laughs> on the top, the pinned comment on this. Oh, we can just do a poll on on on, the, on our uh, channel. True. As a True. community post. Yeah. Let's we'll see. just do that. So, is YouTube a social media platform? Yeah, that's a good. That's a good. So one. you're saying it's not, and I'm saying it's yes. Or you're, maybe. Yeah, I, I'm like it's. Maybe I'll say this, it's less so than others. Other platforms. Yes. But still is. <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the only analogy I can draw comparisons to is perhaps if you're on a newspaper article or like a news site where you can still kind of comment. Mm. Um, but again, yeah, like that's the only thing that some people might, might think that, oh, that's not a social media platform, mm. it's just a comment thread. But I guess the way people use YouTube, because it's if you've got a profile, the way algorithm feeds stuff that you want to watch, or sometimes you don't, and you just want to go back and comment, and yeah, just yeah, just makes me feel like it is a social media. Okay, so. there you go. In fact, I probably use YouTube more than any other platforms. If you think Who? about it, like I do. Yeah, same. I think so. But that doesn't make it social media. <laughs> no, 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 uh, no. It doesn't. But but I'm just saying that when. Again, when people saw you added to the social media, I think of, oh, you know, I'm on TikTok. And, but I actually use YouTube way more than any of those platforms mm. because I'm consuming so much content out of it. So, yeah, I guess um, it'll be interesting to, see, to hear what people, people have to say. Uh, but on, on that note um, of, of the, the previous topic that you covered, um, is, is Threads already dead? <laughs> yes, there was a viral... As soon as I launched that video, there was a viral Twitter post about the Google Trends... <laughs> data of threads how it just flew up and then just petered off um i don't think threads is dead there's a there's a lot of there's a long way to go in yeah. this story i think but uh i think the hype was was huge and uh the now, first 48 hours yeah 48 go. hours yeah. now now not so much so um yeah i'm getting a lot of flack for that for 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 people saying oh this has aged terribly already what the video <laughs> yes yeah Oh, I don't know how that, yeah, it's, um, <laughs> I don't know what to respond to that because <laughs> it's only been a week. Uh, but in terms of like threads being dead, I think it's more so about the fact that it's, uh, obviously it'll, it'll, it would have never been able to retain the same level of hype. No, like nothing can mm -hmm. the, the, within the first 48 hours or so. What, the phone company? Phone company? You said nothing can. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, their phone too is out, so. Um, but other than that, it just seems like, um, obviously, it will die out. But I think what people are forgetting is the 2 billion potential users that Meta has. Even if it's bringing in a percentage of it that can rival Twitter that's active on threads, that's a win for threads. Even if the initial big percentage of people who were there and then they drop off, and then they still retain a percentage that is more than Twitter, mm. that is active, that's engaging actively on threads, I think that would be a win for, for yeah. threads. So I guess when we asked that question last week about what will make threads successful, 
I think it's taken me a week to understand that a bit bit better, and I think that would make make Threat successful if they were to compete like for like against against Twitter's numbers, um, and and also I guess it which is going back to thinking that it'll, it, it'll actually always drop off. It was meant to drop off mm-hmm. because Twitter and and you know Threads in 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 all of its um, in all of its being is meant to be a, a writing and reading platform. And that's something that Instagram users are not accustomed to. They're you know, it's pictures, videos, stories, very visual. So threads, again, just adapting to like writing and reading culture wouldn't be a natural progression. So anybody who's into that reading and writing um, capacity, they're the only ones who would stick to threads. And I guess that the things that we talked about, the algorithm, mm-hmm. maybe adding some new features... Um, and perhaps monetization, and mm-hmm. we're going to get into that in a second. Um, maybe those are the things that would make Threads a little bit more more competitive. Yeah, but uh, but not. I guess it's dead in that <clears throat> initial sense. Yep, the high school party that started at seven is definitely <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's close. You know, like the police yeah. would be coming in soon. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, I, I think yeah, that's it's Threads couldn't rest on its haunches and just mm-hmm. stay the same and have uh, hype surrounding it. Uh, it. It's just not not feasible, but. Um, I think a large part to the sustainability, as you mentioned, is monetization. And I think how how long was it after the launch of Threads? Maybe five days. Elon decided to start paying out creators, mm. um, depending on the amount of well their share of the ad revenue that Twitter received from their Twitter posts. So um, I think that was strategic. Maybe that was going to come out later, but he's like pushed pushed it forward. But I think I saw underneath. So a lot of a lot of Twitter posters were showing their earnings, and then you could see people saying, "Oh, how do I do this?" Like, "Oh, now I'm going to post more on Twitter, etc." So, yeah. kind of built some hype around, "Oh, this is now a legitimate way to make some income." Mm-hmm. But as it turns out, you have to be—I think it was five million impressions that you have to get uh, on your on your post, which is quite hard. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone <laughs> can just wake up and do that. So uh, there's still a bit of a barrier to entry, but I think it's a great move to get people excited and an incentive to keep, you know, seeing what they can do on Twitter. Hundred percent. I think the users is what make the platforms. Mm-hmm. So if you can't, uh, if you, if you can't get the users excited about the platform and writing about it in there, then it's not going to go anywhere. So I guess that's the advantage that Twitter has always had, and we mentioned it in the last uh, week as well. But monetizing it is definitely the 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 next natural progression. Mm. I'm surprised it's taken Twitter to figure it out that long. But again, for a company that's lost fifty percent of its earnings to ad revenue, that's struggling a bit financially from if the reports are to be believed about paying rents and uh, cloud services and whatnot, um, paying out its creators this much on a sustainable level. I don't know how that's how that's going to look. So. Mm, but maybe they're just thinking that this would pay off enough. So because these because these payments are coming through, the incentive will be so much that it will just create all this buzz on Twitter and end up with... But apparently there's no like um, set rules to how to get monetized like the, the yeah it just seems all very like you know some people are getting monetized some are not mm. the the scale at which some people are getting are way more compared to a few others so it just feels very early days as well yeah i i have no idea about that but yeah it's um it's been a bit of a roller coaster with these two um are you still using threads at all or? yeah i'm i'm there lurking i think mm-hmm. the only thing that I've, i would say i'm a bit disappointed with is 
the news with algorithm mm-hmm. Twitter is still way better like I don't keep seeing the same posts all the time mm-hmm. I do sometimes on Twitter mm-hmm. um, but I think that's more of a glitch thing yeah, I don't think I really yeah. see that like, sometimes I'd like refresh and I'd still see like some of the older posts kind of popping up um, which again is, is has never happened on me it's, yeah quite never happened on TikTok kind of thing mm-hmm. um, that keeps the, the, the feed fresh and obviously a way to hook you in um, <laughs> Maybe so yeah, with, okay. with, with threads it just seems like this it's it's not there yet uh, mm. with, with with that. So if they can fix that, um, yeah, um, like I'm still still working on, but I'm still using Twitter as well. It's yeah. not like I'm replacing one for the other just yet. Yeah, I'm mostly on Twitter. Like I, you've always been on Twitter. Yeah, you'll yeah. really never get on any social media apps. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. But yeah, so I, I hardly touch Threads. But um, yeah, a lot of a lot of the comments were saying I was I was either favoring. Elon Musk or, or Zuckerberg, well, more more so, um, hated Elon, which I, I know, it didn't. Yeah, that was that was like it to me when I watched it. Yeah, I don't know. Apparently. People just just took issue with, with a whole bunch of different things, but it just seems whenever I touch on Elon, if I'm positive about him, people get really angry. Mm. If I'm negative or, or like criticize some things mm. that he's done, people get really angry as well, and it's just. I, I don't care. Like, I'm just trying to report what happened. And people just always, yeah, just seem to take it the wrong way. And it, again, I think it's just a reflection of, of the, the loud minority, I, I hope. Mm. Um, because, you know, I hope you know, people who are listening in, um, obviously they may not like uh, what we say or what we do, but there is a bigger chunk of people who are coming back to, to view your videos um, and a few who listen to this podcast from from day one. So it, it's hard to appreciate those when you're seeing <laughs> the flurry of <laughs> negative comments. Just like last week, somebody said, you know, I was biased. And I was like, biased towards it? I think, first of all, everyone's biased. Um, mm. Let's you know, yeah. get that out of the way. Like psychologically, everybody has a bias, whether mm. it's, you know, conscious or subconscious. But uh, to think that either of us have an agenda through this podcast or called, called the, the videos, <laughs> that, that, because that's where the bias becomes prevalent, right? Like mm. when you have a bias um, and then you start using that to shape like people's perception or take uh, or just fulfill some some goal that you have, that's where the bias is a problem. Mm-hmm. So somebody says, you know, like, you know, like I was biased. I was like, I'm biased towards what? First of all, I didn't <laughs> understand, like, at what point? And then second of all, it's like, that's really not why what we, what we're doing this. So yeah, it's just um, sometimes just overlook, because that was just one or two comments and mm-hmm. for you, maybe a small fraction. Mm-hmm. But then there's so many positive ones, you just overlook the positive ones. Yeah, so. it's, it's, well, you have a bias towards the negative, don't you? That's so. right, there you go. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's about it for the show. Yeah, well, I hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, if you did, leave a like and thumbs up and all that good stuff and good rating on the <laughs> on Spotify, on Apple, iTunes, on Threads, on Twitter, yes. on Pinterest, yes. on Snapchat. MySpace as well. MySpace. Yes. So thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And uh, we'll catch you again soon for the next one. Cheers. Cheers.